My name is Ty Wilson. I've been a musician for the better part of 20 years. Over that time, I have written, covered, and performed in almost every genre, from heavy metal to alt-rock to country music. I've met some amazing people along the way, and today, we're going to talk to one of them. This is Ty Wilson Talks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Ty Wilson Talks podcast. A couple things before we get into the episode today. Uh, I do have a couple shows coming up in the next couple weeks. Um, So the first one is August 7th. Uh, in Coburg at Arthur's Pub. I'm there from 8 till 10. Uh, And the second, I'm at uh, the Roseneath Fairgrounds with uh, Ty Wilson and the River Spirits. Uh, We're playing there from around 8 till 10 o'clock as well. Um, So make sure you come on out and uh, come have a listen, have a drink, say hi. Um, And yeah, I hope to see you there. On to the episode. So today we talk to, or I talk to, the dm for the dungeons dragons and dice podcast in which i am a part of peter polito um this man is hilarious he is an amazing amazing character voice actor and voice actor um he created the world that we play in in dungeons dragons and dice um and he's just overall a really awesome dude we cover so many subjects in this podcast um And I think it turned out really, really well. And we had a really insightful, honest, authentic conversation. So without further ado, here is Peter Polito. So this is going to be super freeform. Uh, Basically, what I wanted to cover is like, artistically, I don't really know that much like about your history and where you started from and how you got to the place you are with your DMing and your voice acting and all that kind of stuff. And this whole podcast is basically about, um, like all art is interesting is kind of the, it's kind of my headspace for it. So Mm -hmm. aside from musicians, like I want people like yourself, actors, whoever, you know, I I think everything is pretty fun. So origin stories is kind of the, is kind of a big basis too. So like what made you you like what brought you into the world of D and what brought you into you know the nerddom that you find yourself in man it is it's been a huge journey because i growing up i always was uh a part of a of a creative family my dad was a a fine woodworker and contractor um my mom was an event coordinator you know i played the drums uh for fuck some time you know like i was very much thrown into a well you can't just be a numbers type of person you have to be this type of interesting human being you gotta have this kind of this this flair about you and my dad was a true showman and i think i kind of developed that from from there you know i I went into the music, then I went into art in uh, elementary school. I was that weird metal art kid that did a lot of things that like the teacher at a Catholic school was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is, why is there a picture of Ramstein, like the lead singer Till, like mm-hmm. with a fucking 
it's a long story but anyways hey man i so i'm a huge fan of ramstein too uh yeah i used to walk out to mind tile uh when i was fighting in my fighting career yeah and the video with him like in the butcher's apron and everything in the cauldron on stage and that was like i think that was my tile i'm pretty sure it was that song it, no that is but, so yeah, do you, yeah yeah you know the story behind that i don't so tell me okay so mine tile it translated in, into english as my part okay right and maybe this is going to be funny that you've walked out to this song now that i've explained yeah. it to you <laughs> so in germany uh there was a big case and mm -hmm. so case in point like just preface i was a ramstein fucking free fanatic okay yeah. so like i had songs translated i knew what was going on so yeah. in the early 2000s there was a case in germany where a man pretty much made a a kid like what a, their version of like a, a want ad saying mm -hmm. i want to have someone for dinner oh, and i want Jesus. to eat them for dinner yeah and it was whatever on the dark web it was consented to someone came over they cut off his fucking schlong and they ate it for wow. dinner so that's what the song my part is called it's called my part wow all so right a song about eating dick wow a cooked all right dick. a cooked dick <laughs> a cooked dick <laughs> well as a 17 year old kid walking out into a ring oh you know there was one german guy in the audience like hmm, i don't know if that's what he meant <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> so yeah, I think that's that's pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's like amazing. So just like through that, um, mm. like Ramstein was a big thing for me, and then yeah. I went. I wanted to do game design. You know, started doing game mm. design, and then it wasn't till like later on uh, down the road after a fucking failed game design career. Don't do mm. it. You know, it's don't pay for schooling for that. It's bullshit. Yeah. Um, I started getting interested in D and D I met someone at game design school that like he lived not too far from here. We'd get together. We played D and D with my brothers and they would, he was the DM and then his friend was the DM. And the whole time I was like, yes, this is awesome. You know, we're doing all this. We were playing for uh, fourth edition and like, it was very by the numbers as well. And I still wasn't having fun with it because I felt like I was being gatekeeped from like being just doing what I wanted. Right. And then years passed and started getting into critical role as all of us are. You're right, wearing yeah. a critical role shirt right now. I am. Yeah. Uh, I got the death saves today. So Attaboy, yeah. um, I, but with my now wife and a few of my friends, I'm like, I want to play D and D and I want to DM for you guys. And I was fucking nervous. And I remember just getting into it and I'm, I'm not a writer. I don't write, mm -hmm. but I think in a weird a weird it's cinematically let's just say so i'm a big proponent of listening to audio while i'm writing stories and i have this like vision in my mind that like that this if i'm writing a scene where someone's running down a street and they're trying to run away uh get away from the guards that are chasing them i'm playing music that is like that type of chase music from movies i'm i love listening to like han zimmer steve jablonski uh like just to name a few uh yeah. Tyler, Tyler Bates. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's that's where my mindset was, and then it kind of took off from there. Where everyone was like, "That was a fucking good game." I like my my wife cried during that game because I was able <laughs> to set a tone, like a cin that's cinematic amazing. tone with it. So, um, 
that's when I was kind of like, whoa, I kind of got something going on here. And then I just played D&D with them for years. And then obviously we met through Greg and did Dungeons, uh, Dungeons, Dragons and Dice. And I was also starting my D&D with me YouTube channel because I felt like, okay, like I don't want to do a fucking video game channel. I don't want to do right. this. But what is something that I know that I can speak to and speak to it confident, confidently? And it was that, right? And um, that's kind of like my really like Reader's Digest ver version of getting into D&D and even getting into where I am artistically right now. Right. Well, I'm going to nerd it a little bit with you too because that's I, I think very similarly. Um, I've always been kind of one where background music and stuff kind of plays in my head when i was writing essays in university or anything like that for school like i had ludovico and audi in my back and in, in my headphones or i had to like classical music or i had you know the 300 soundtrack or it was all over the place but as long as it didn't have lyrics i could focus on <laughs> the That's writing it. aspect of it and <laughs> uh and i felt like it, it made me a better writer but and maybe knows. that's why you were into ramstein as well like because you didn't yeah. understand the lyrics i didn't understand the lyrics but yeah um yeah the big thing for me is i can't have fucking lyrics in a song if i'm trying to write my own words or even you know when i worked when i was working out more i listened to i listened to cinematic music i'd have like my yeah. heavy metal and like so i have this like viking playlist it's viking metal and then in between is like actual epic like battle music because that that shit just jazzes me up yeah have you have you ever heard of the band Illuvity? yeah i have yeah i have oh, i'm a huge Illuvity fan love them that's uh, like from early or mid late teens upwards their first few the first record two records were amazing i haven't listened to much since but so i shouldn't say i'm a huge fan i'm a fan of them um but uh, yeah i used to listen to that just get me fucking right pumped up for the gym ready of course go. yeah yeah yeah, man, like, I've always been, like, just go, just kind of go into the music. I've always been a metal kid, but my dad, uh, he was a drummer. He, from, I think, the set, late 70s, early 80s, mm. toured with a band, a uh, Canadian band, Robbie Ray and the Rays, as their drummer. And he always instilled with uh, into me, like, yeah, you like this, you like metal, but this is why you like metal. Yeah. And because of this jazz drummer or this or even just this um, mostly mostly jazz funk drummers, you're like, this is where they got the idea for blast beats. This is where they got the idea for this, like, you know, syncopation, all this stuff. And he's and my dad instilled into me like that. You have to actually listen to other music to appreciate more, more music. So like I still stayed in the metal scene, but I was listening to funk. Like, I mean, a big thing for me was Earth, Wind and Fire, Tower of Power um you know we had the classical music we were talking about there mm -hmm. but man like i i still stayed in the metal area and like i remember going to slayer concerts children of yeah. bodom all this <laughs> stuff it was fucking amazing yeah I, I think it's so valuable though that like that he taught you to have that connection with other music because that's i, I find that uh it makes you a better musician to know a yes where the music or the ideas for the music you listen to are coming from but b like good music in my mind is is good music and you can find an inspiration or you can find um you know something that resonates with you in almost all types of music uh, no matter what it is you know i'll find myself like i'm not a huge like theater community theater not community theater musical theater person but there's some songs that are that i listen to and i'm like i'm gonna cry now like buddy <laughs> is, buddy it, it, like 
yeah. preaching to the choir my wife is a fucking musical theater fanatic like we just mm-hmm. i i never listened to musical theater in my life other than tenacious d in the, in the pick of destiny okay oh, yeah, definitely of yeah. course because that was the only musical theater we like that right. i knew of right but then mm-hmm. she started introducing me to like Les Mis and uh like Hamilton all, all this other stuff yeah. I, there's so too many to name but there is a song from Les Mis that if you catch me on the right night I am actually like empty I can I can choke up yeah that, that is a beautiful fucking song <laughs> I had to sing also, that song and I yeah it made me cry like in the middle of an audition I was like oh man I just that's got so, right into it that's fucking so good <laughs> that's that song I love um and obviously i dreamed a dream i yes so like my wife has shown me a bunch of different versions and like i still think the anne hathaway version fucking kills it because you can actually tell the emotion as she's singing it yeah um on the other side of that i love the master of the house song from from uh um les mis where it's it's like very just like chill and like yeah. i can and that to that point i visualize a scene of like if we're gonna do this in demon D D, like you guys run into this like smarmy innkeeper and i have that idea that he has to walk and be all floaty and kind of like ooh, let me just take this from you kind of thing right? right like yeah so that's how you get a lot of your ideas and that's that's amazing because it's it it definitely makes sense to use music as almost like a character builder um yeah or the, or the feel of, of something like that right especially from from stage plays and from um musical theater that's that's brilliant yeah. when i used to commute to work um i would just have like just random things and when i was trying to come up with a villain for i mean you dealt with him in uh our little like charity stream which was physic the little like the guy who was kind of crazy right. yep. there was this one song that i had and it's from it's by some random artist i just put it together and it's just got like this like beat where you're like this this is is chaotic and you don't know where it's gonna go and that's how i kind of formed the character like i would just listen to the song on repeat on repeat i'm like well this is how you'd react to this this is his like he would joke about all these things so yeah it's i very i like all my creations kind of come from music in the in the base base of it but that's just it's a weird thing you know how like people say like oh i see like colors and stuff when i listen to music yeah. like that for me it's like i i it's hard not to visualize a fucking amazing battle when you're listening to like something that's actually kicking. Like it's so good. Yeah, definitely. So what are your like top? Okay. If you were going to go your top metal workout songs, give me three of them. What's your, what's your three favorite? Okay. So twilight of the thunder God by, uh, Amon Amarth. Um, Oh, that's number one. Cause that is, mm-hmm. that fucking is so good. Um, yeah. so, there's some really weird ones too. Like there's NC Ferrum in my sword. I trust that's a great one. Um, war of the gods by, uh, Amon Amarth. No one survives by Necro Goblicon. I don't even know what number I'm at. Do you know who Necro Goblicon is? I know is? who Necro Necrogoblicon. Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're there. All right. We're there. Yeah. That's amazing. So, you know, if we're going to go into like subgenres of of metal, like power metal, yeah, is the thing to work out to. So you got like your Power Wolves, you got your Sabaton, you got like your um, Ailstorm. Like this is all stuff mm-hmm. that's like really gimmicky, but at the same time, Sabaton tells a story about war, about yeah. like World War Two and or even like the Crusades. And you're like listening to this, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, the Allies on the hills!" And you're like, "Fuck yeah, I'm just gonna pump this last set out. Just, just get it, just get it going." That's yeah amazing. man so I, 
I was more, I was always more of a like hardcore, like I, I liked metal, but, uh, but I was definitely more in that like screamo hardcore vein, like, uh, as I lay dying and, uh, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, Slipknot, like they were, I mean, Slipknot was kind of a, a mixture of both, but, uh, um, that's amazing. I did not know that about you. So that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You're like I great metalhead. <laughs> Oh yeah, like if it's a bad day at work uh, and I need to like just fucking drill down and get into some stuff, it's I have a, a Spotify playlist and it's just called All You Need Is Power and it's just filled with just like Power Wolf. So first of all, Power Wolf, we can just die, do a little tangent yeah. there. Power Wolf, they're a German band. They sing in, sing in, sing in English, um, do a few German songs, but they also pretend that they are werewolves but they're also a part of the Catholic church and that the Catholic church is actually all werewolves in disguise. It's fucking wild, dude. Like, I mean, there's a song called resurrection by erection. Like, <laughs> just, I mean, I'm if sold. you're going to, yeah, like cannibal corpse, got chainsaw guts, fuck all that stuff. So like, yeah. there's that's like, my brother was really into like the, or still is into like the, the black core. metal, the gore, yeah. the grind core, all that yeah. stuff. I'm a, uh, it's a little too rich for my blood. I'll, I'll, I'll dip yeah. the toe into the water a little bit, but other than that, I got I got to step out. Yeah, I cut the line at the pig squeals. That's where I was like, no, I'm good now. I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm <cool."> yeah. <laughs> and that's like growing up in a, in a in a musical family. Like we would have like jam sessions, right? Right. And my brother, who plays guitar, pretty much wanted to always do songs like that, so we could like just be in drop D and just like, like all the time. Yeah. He's like, "You got to play the blast beats, Peter." I'm like, "I can't fucking do that. Like, I don't move that fast. I'm not yeah. like." I remember him telling me to put ankle weights on <laughs> while I was the double kick. Just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put ankle weights on and just train with the ankle weights. Try and go as fast as you can. Then when you take them off, you're like, <laughs> like I could never get a good engine sound out of my right. fucking car right out of my fucking drum set we can make it sound like a car but um remember like my brother would come down and say, all right so we're gonna do uh yeah uh cannibal corpse uh hammer smash face uh, uh okay look let's go and then just like the whole time i'm like fuck off with that yeah. can we have like a little bit of like melodic singing in yeah there, anything my, my dad would be like okay hey, no, that's it like yeah. we're not doing that because he would <laughs> my dad was a virtuoso with instruments like he picked up he was, he was a drummer yeah and then touring on the road you pick up whatever you can wherever you can right <laughs> and so he could like he could sit in on anything and you'd be like all right but when it when it came to that shit he was like i'm i'm out man i'm, out. I'm good I'm out. yeah 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 <laughs> i remember i was like just learning to play guitar like semi well i think i was 14 or 15 and one of the one of my buddies uh, at school was like all right you're the guy with the guitar and the amp so uh we're gonna have band practice he was a drummer and we had another guy that i think was trying to play the bass he's like okay kill switch engage we're gonna play some kill switch engage and i'm like i don't know how the fuck did you play any of that like <laughs> yeah i've been playing four chord like campfire songs for the last two years and you you want me to you want me to play like uh my last serenade no it's right? like, not gonna work man i'm sorry let me ask you like when you would go to jam with people mm -hmm. did you did you have like a set list that they'd want you to go like learn these songs to come in and play or did when you jammed did you jam organically oh man um so organically for the most part but it was mostly just us as kids writing really shitty songs uh yeah but that's organically yeah, but still that's organically day, right yeah. yeah so so that's what it was we would 
I, I went through this phase where I was like, I'm never going to play a cover. I only want to play my own music. I'm an artist. I only want to put, you know, my own stuff out there. My band's only going to play our own stuff. And, uh, even though it was, you know, shitty, uh, but that kind of switched when I hit 20. So we never really had cover songs that we brought into, into the jam space or like a list of songs. It was just okay. like, all right, so what are we writing today or who's got ideas? And, and it was just kind of us trying to scratch through whatever we could at that time. Yeah. Like when I worked, so my, my first job, my first ever job was working as a butcher and I was the youngest dude there. There was another guy named Peter there. I was always referred to as Peter too. And, uh, I was told that like there, everyone plays guitar. There's everyone plays bass. They wanted to get together and do a jam. And that's the only time I ever really got into real jamming. It was just, I mean, it was just organic. Someone would like the bass player would just start and everyone would just kind of fill in. And, um, I love that, that style of jamming. And then before the pandemic hit, um, a few of my, my buddies still, still get together and jam and they're like, okay, but this is a total set, different set of people. And they're like, let's, uh, let's get together and play, you know, we're all into ghost right now ghost the band i don't know if you've listened to them but uh so they're 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 like softer metal but uh they're like let's just go in and do that right and but my buddy simon plays drums and my buddy matt plays guitar and they're like okay so what do you want to do i'm like well they're like can you sing it i said i can't fucking sing and if I can, it's only in the deepest baritone I can fucking do. That's the only time I can hold a, a note. But thank God the pandemic saved me from actually playing that. So that, that's it. <laughs> that's You can go in and be like, I can like attempt to scream. I can attempt to do something super low for you, but I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you, you can you can shift your voice for characters and that stuff. So honestly, singing might not be too far off for you. I know I found having like my singing voice and doing the vocal warmups that I do it helps with any type of character voice generally, or at least having that knowledge of like how to inflect and make your voice sound different. Um, it, it makes a difference. So you might be able to, yeah. You know, well, really absolutely, man. Like, so my, my whole region is like, this is the high, like I, I can go a little higher. This is the highest I can go. And the rest is all low. And um, in regards to singing, I've always been told I have a very, uh good opera voice because <laughs> i can like hold and do like vibrato sustain. on low yeah. yeah and stain sustain thank you um but to your point with like voices when i'm making like a character in D D, i'll just have like two words and it says gruff or and, and like gruff and low or gruff and high or like western cowboy or if i'm impersonating someone i know because when i do some voices they are voices of people i know mm -hmm. and um i just it, it's it's a thing that it can set me in there right like right if we're talking about like Aust australian voices um i have like it, it might be the same for you but you might have something that you can say or something that you can almost sing in a tune and you're you're right there right so i have like a i like to call it a vocal turn on where it's just like when you want to go into australian voice you got to say take a look at your life mate and like the, the way they say life yeah. and you're like, you're fucking there. You're turned yeah, on on there. Yeah. Or like Scottish, like you can't do it. Like Connie is the, is the turn on for that. So that's, that's a little tip. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Yeah. You have like your little, no, that totally makes sense. I, I am not 
nearly as good at voice as, as you are, but uh, I oh, can definitely you. see that. I, I need a couple lines or I need to like read a text in this voice or just whatever's on the phone screen to get into that mindset. And uh, yeah, that, that does make sense. So you picked like one word or phrase that sounds very, you know, iconic to whatever that character is and, mm-hmm. and, and you're there and you're in. Like even before we start our sessions, I, um, I do like a vocal warm up of the voices that I think you guys are going to run into. I'm like, okay, well, this one is going to go, or like this person's going to be like, I don't know about that. Like you just, right. You kind of get those voices ready in the back palette. The, the issue I have is switching from one voice to a different voice. So just case in point, you know, war chief Dolva, you're the, you have yeah. your low gruff Western and then you have, um, forgetting her name the the irish uh ranger girl yeah her uh, the yeah. red hair yeah, <laughs> yeah her <I> know. <laughs> um so i have a trouble like bridging that gap in between but right. that is like that's something and like you don't i've always been interested in going into voice acting but it's i i don't think that like you run into that too much as a vocal jump because you're only doing right. for one character or like maybe one or two and it's always in there but yeah like i kind of it kind of was told that like, Oh, you can really like do voices when you're playing D and D and, but I'm watching people like Matt Mercer fucking just kill it with his voices and being able to do all these things. And all the people that are at that table, I'm like, like, I can't, I can do voice acting like those guys. Like that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like you just got like, you just got to do it and, and not like I'm no, fucking professional podcaster but hey we're giving it a shot you you just do it until you get really really good at it you're already very good at it i mean if you look at if you're going to look at the the um like critical role cast um like ashley johnson is more (laughs) of an actor than she is a voice actor right but her voice is iconic for her roles in in the video games that she's been in and so like she's not the greatest voice actor when it comes to her characters and most of them sound very much like her the but same it's yeah, the, yeah. but it's the attitude and the acting she puts into it so if you can find the authentic voice which you have for yourself and you can do the character voices like i think you're a step ahead of the game man i, I don't know Thank i you, have man. faith in you see like the, the thing for me is i'm my own worst fucking critic when it comes to that stuff um i will say like dungeons and dragons is the only thing that i have seen through multiple years of work okay so like uh usually you know i wanted to be a twitch streamer for a while and i was just like first of all i'm a 30 year old like 31 year old bald guy like that doesn't that doesn't fly maybe for some people but i don't think i got that look and i don't i can't be on like that all the time and i can't commit that much time but see i'm already in my head making these excuses two weeks in Right. And I'm like, fuck, right. can't do this. But this with D and D is like the only time that I've actually been able to be like, okay, I got something here. I got something yeah. here. And, and yeah, you're kind of saying under, under, underneath the, the, the guise of D and D you have screenwriting, you have uh, voice acting, you have like tactical map making and stuff like that. So it's, there's all, I, that's, that was a shitty third example, but whatever. No, that was, that's a, that's a yeah. good. Th- no, I mean, people need D maps man. yeah <laughs> like multitasking and yeah and it, it if you'll let me get weird for a second the, the what Go like 
I find there is such a huge stigma against playing D&D. I'm sure you, you've seen it. Um, we all have seen it. And maybe people listening to this think this is like, what the fuck is that? Like dungeon, like I'm literally fucking podcasting this from my basement and I play D&D in my fucking basement, my basement yeah. toilet. But I will say before I started doing Dungeons and Dragons, started DMing, um, dungeon mastering for those who don't know, um, I did not have a voice. I did not, when I mean did not have a voice, I did not speak confidently. I stuttered over my words. I dreaded public speaking. Um, and then when I started getting to do more D&D things, when you're like, when you have to do a fucking stupid voice of a goblin and you have to talk like this in front of your friends and then eventually talk to someone, you know, that you don't know that well, you kind of say, fuck it. I can talk like myself in front of people. So at work, I started noticing improvements of how I was speaking to people, how I was articulating things. And it really made me feel confident on that. Um, to the point of, to, to, to that, to that further point is like, even like doing these stupid voices and stuff. Yeah. You're saying that I can do this stuff and become a voice actor. I didn't even think that was a fucking Avenue in my life. Right. Um, doing this writing, like I didn't even think I was a good writer. I'm still not a great writer, but I still think I could call, I could hobble together a book, but I'm just like, what I'm trying to say is that even though there's a stigma behind D and D there's these social blocks that help build, like help people build up social blocks in their lives. And like, I know a bunch of people that have, that I've worked with or even spoken to just offhand that like feel more confident when after playing and they bring that into their life. I don't know if you feel like that for you. Dude, I I 100% feel the same way, and I've been very open with uh, any people that ask me about D and D because um, generally, like, people are very surprised to hear that I play D and D, which they are, I think, for for many other you know friends of mine or, or just you know anybody that plays. It's kind of like, oh, that's a that still exists, b that's super nerdy, and it's like, no, 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 you don't get it. Like, I'm getting together with my friends and it's improv it's you know it helps acting it helps decision making it helps like it helps strategy you're doing math multitasking <laughs> like all multitasking this multitasking all this stuff and you're doing it and you're having fun doing it and like at the end of the day you can be a complete like fool or you know comedic character or you can be a serious you know tough character or you can be whoever you want to be whoever you decide you know you want to play as or if you want to play your alter ego if you want to play that hero that you had in your mind when you were just when you were a kid that seemed like you know the superhero if i could only be like that person if i could only be that you know tough or ambitious or courageous then then i you know I would be better or I would be improved. You can do all that stuff and you can do Absolutely. it in this amazing setting with very supportive people for the most part. Um, if you have the right group uh, <laughs> that, um, that will learn and grow with you. And, and it's, and it's helped me out tremendously in my life. And I, I know a lot of people that, it, you know, it's helped them out too. So it's, it's therapeutic, man. It's therapeutic in it. Yeah. Like you can work through things that you weren't even, like, and I'm not saying this is D and D should ever be a replacement for actual therapy, but you know, it helps you kind of maybe get some frustrations out that you didn't even know you had. Um, yep. and 
speaking as I would say that's more so as a player, but as a DM, you know, you get added frustrations cause I can't fucking hit you guys. Right. So like it's <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Right. Um, but yeah, there's a thing. And also to your point about like, people are like, that's really fucking nerdy. And like, obviously you used to be a fighter, you know, you used to do MMA. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, there's this preconceived notion that like Ty, Ty, mm-hmm. the MMA fighter musician, wouldn't dare watch fucking Lord of the Rings on a weekend, right? Kind of thing like that, right? So <laughs> little do they know. Little do they know. <laughs> My <but> also, whole <laughs> life. At the same time, I've you have nerd. yeah, you have people like like yeah. fucking Death Saves, Joe Manganiello. It Joe Manganiello yeah. is he's he's a fucking beefcake let's not lie yeah i was gonna say he's one of the most beautiful men i've ever seen in my life and uh and so having him in our corner it's just like yes yes yeah and there's more people coming out of the woodwork you know that 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 do play or they do like i mean like los angeles has the la dungeons and dragons society where a bunch of fucking actors like tom morello from rage yeah. against the machine plays vince you know vaughn. vince vaughn vince yeah. vaughn fucking big show a wrestler yeah. uh joe manjano as we mentioned obviously you have the fucking grog Strongjaw himself you got travis yeah, willingham travis who's Graham. who's also a fucking slice but I, I i i don't know i think also to kind of go off of that like that whole idea of nerdiness is is flying away it, yeah. it's it's yeah. fading away slowly i think it's nice to be able i think being yourself is being applauded a lot more um and and being able to be honest about your interests you know i when i was in high school you know you kind of had to hide a little bit of who you are if it didn't fit in with the clique that you were hanging out with or something like that like you know as i had a really interesting mixture of things that i was in high school like I, I played football and i played hockey for at a varsity level but i also was a screamer in a band and i was also um one of the like the lead in most of the the drama productions and like i was all over the damn place and uh and you're I felt a unicorn like i was yeah and i felt like i just had to like hide certain parts of my being from different groups as i was there and i never felt like i belonged to one in particular and so with everything now it's like you know be whoever you want to be and people are generally okay with it and i think that's yeah sweet that's that's coming out and it's funny you bring that up because i mean i wasn't the sport type of person in in uh in high school but had a very similar like upbringing to that like i was always the guy who who liked to crack jokes i was the class clown all this stuff i was the funny guy and i was able to I had my main group of friends, but I was also able to like chameleon into other groups because I felt like I could just get in through just, just humor. Right. right. And it happened. Right. So I had a lot of different, like, you know, I had the stoners, I had the fucking tech nerds. I had the art people. I had the drama people. I mean, I had, I had drama teachers asking me to join the improv team and stuff like that because I was right. just, I was in that mindset. And, but yeah, you're right. I did have to hide certain things you know like to the draw like to the drama kids i didn't have to let i didn't want to let them on that like that i was like this big metalhead stoner like or yeah. you know to the to the like the whole rap group yeah like the, the my, my friends that were all into rap yeah same no metal or like the, the tech guys they they would kill themselves to know i was in the drama and like so like and it, it, it was tough because also i'm sure you could admit you don't know who the fuck you are at that point yeah. you're just literally chameleon into like being this person or that person for that time and you're like god damn it like who the fuck am i and that and to kind of go a little deeper that really caused issues for me going into college because right. i 
was always in a relationship too and never got to know myself mm-hmm. and you just hop from relationship to relationship to click to mood and you're like when you finally get to that point where a you don't have that click there with you or b you don't have that relationship with you you're like what the f- who the fuck am i yeah and unfortunately hitting rock bottom like that does bring a lot of realization to you and you kind of know who you are right so am i that uh am i that class clown anymore or am i i'm all those people and i'm i'm fucking proud to say it but i'm not one person or another i'm just me yeah i think one of my favorite quotes that that has stuck with me since i was in i think high school was all i can do is be me whoever that is yeah from bob dylan and uh and so anytime i'm having that struggle of identity it's just like i just that pops into my head and i'm like oh okay yeah i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm doing and way i go i guess you know people yeah. like it yeah. don't like it eh. and it doesn't go away man it doesn't even no. go away into our 30s you still no. have those people who are like you need to do this or that and you need to be like you know i work with a bunch of people that live in toronto right i live in the suburbs so immediately there's this this vision cast on you like that you're this guy who mows his lawn every week and says hey neighbor how's it going and you know stuff like that and i personally am i like that yeah fucking sometimes i am but other times i'm doing this i'm doing other stuff that isn't just fucking living in the suburbs but you're kind of painted into that corner and i sometimes struggle with that because i want to like break out of that and be like look i don't fucking just live in the suburbs and just cut my grass and wear fucking high tops and like all this shit right like listen to me i do other stuff i know things I think it's the, the those white Nike sneakers is more. That's it. The be. white Nikes. Yeah. Yeah. And like the really faded washed dad jeans, you know, mustache only mustache only by the grill, <laughs> a pit yeah. vipers with a paps PBR, yeah. man. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's you. Yeah. I uh, don't want to do that. No. I joke about it. I fucking joke about it all the time. You know, like I have my alter ego, which I always joke about, which is wearing like a fucking wolf t-shirt that's ripped at the, with the the sleeves ripped off and i call myself pistol pete and i'm like that's a guy who fucking mows his lawn and loves nascar well that's the guy i want to i want to hang out with that guy we, we, need, to, we need to facilitate this <laughs> make that happen he doesn't he doesn't leave the the backyard but yeah sometimes it happens yeah. we'll, we'll make it work out we'll make it work out sounds good man yeah, yeah i uh i feel similar because like i've always lived or for the most part if i had the choice i live in the country like i live you know in the fucking sticks and uh and here i am like musician you know podcasting uh actor all the stuff and then you know on my lazy days i'm sitting um in like track pants and a tank top on the deck like having well now a fake beer or yeah cutting the grass and doing all that kind of stuff and so there's there's dimensions to everybody i think Mm -hmm. and and you you're allowed to be more than one thing you don't have to fit into that like neat little box which is so nice i I don't feel like people realize that when you hit like in your teens you really don't know that and then you hit your 20s and you're like hmm well like i kind of think i know who i am and then like your mid to late 20s you're like oh shit i what the fuck am i doing and then when you hit 30 it's like oh things are kind of settling down i think i know what's going on with me uh Mm -hmm. but I think that that also hits the different ages for different people. I know for myself, I was like terrified to hit 30 and I hit 30 and then things just kind of started making more sense as we've gone along. So yeah. Yeah, Like, I mean, 
for me, everyone says, you know, like the, every time I've talked to someone like, Oh, the 20, when I was 25, that was the worst fucking time of my life. Cause it, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. 25 was a, a cakewalk for me. It was 26 that like, I really had to look at myself and be like, the fuck are you doing? bud? like, really? Yeah. And that's when I buckled down and realized that like, I gotta get a steady job, but that doesn't mean I'm going to get rid of who I am. Like, I'm still going to joke around. I'm still going to do what I want to do, but I'm going to, I got to make money and I got to like look at it that way. And, but do I wish one day that I could just quit my job and then go do like voice acting and do like Dungeons and Dragons? Absolutely. But it's not realistic. I mean, it could be, it could be if you keep working be. at it keep working and I'm, at it. but you just keep that. You gotta do like, this is your side hustle. You gotta have your main grind. Now, I'm sure you yeah. understand too, right? Oh, like bro, I get that hundred percent. Don't count your eggs before they're hatched right no. and it's good to have a plan it's good yeah. to have a plan good to have a plan just don't rely on that plan wholeheartedly you know, absolutely <laughs> i mean yeah i mean for you man it's like you haven't been able to tour you haven't been able to do anything no, no. but i was lucky enough that i i right at the start of the pandemic i was able to to get the you know day job that i have and and that's pays very well and and i have a great team and it's a great job and i've been able to make everything work and now you know music's come back into play and podcasting and the show and and there's lots of all these new fun things on the horizon where it's like okay i'm gonna have to make a choice pretty soon but uh it's a good problem to have it's a good problem it is a good problem to have and like because i always wanted to like before i only met you through the show right so Like before the pandemic hit, like were you just strictly doing music the whole time? No, man. So that's here's kind of the I get here's like a brief history of Ty. Um, so at a university or in university in my first couple of years, I was living in Quebec. I was a professional fighter and I was going to school there. Um, at that point, I had to make a decision: either I was going to keep fighting or I was going to move to Toronto and and because I was acting and singing and doing all that stuff at the same time. And I had, I was getting a bunch of jobs down there and I was going back and forth from like Sherbrooke to Toronto on almost a week, a a weekend basis. So, uh, out of my second year, it was like, okay, I got to make a decision. So I went, uh, Guelph university took all my credits, thankfully. So I could keep going to school and I moved down to Guelph. And so it was an easier commute to Toronto. Um, so I had my first record deal at 2014 in 2014 or sorry, 2012 to 2014 released an album. Then album didn't do well. So then I kind of skidded for about three years. Um, in that time I moved to BC was working odd jobs. Um, you know, just doing management and stuff like that's mm-hmm. why, uh, moved back here when I got more serious in about 2017. And then I was playing music and working, um, management jobs and trailer parks and, and doing sales. And then uh, the pandemic happened. So I was making those two things kind of coexist with each other. And and, uh, and uh, that was kind of going well. And then the pandemic hit and I had to switch gears entirely because then it was like both of my revenue streams were gone. So, yeah. So, yeah. so I had two months off work. And then luckily with the trailer parks that I was working at, um, I had all my water papers and that got me into the day job that I'm currently in. So it was a nice smooth transition and, and got me out of a funk. So, uh, in, in the end it was, it was a great, great thing to, yeah, <laughs> so like, that I was able to do. that's fantastic. Time, man. But, yeah. That's fantastic. Cause like, 
I think sometimes you need some sort of like in your case and just just correct me if I'm wrong here, but in your case, maybe you need that stability to realize a, st- a stable job of something that's just plain Jane, just doing the course, or like just go on the yeah. course. Right. And that makes you kind of, you're like, okay, that's taken care of. I don't need to worry about that right now. I can focus on myself. Yeah. And you did that. Right. Yeah. I saw you turn completely around right. and now you're like, okay, Ty's got the job. Ty's like, taking care of himself and now ties ready to go back into music yeah. is that fucking exciting for you yeah man I'm, I'm 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 stoked it's uh it's something that hasn't happened or hadn't happened in like eight years I'd like to have this type of energy and to be taking care of myself this way uh it got pretty dark you know it's, i'm gonna call it my dark ages for mm-hmm. <laughs> of course for a bit and uh and yeah it's just it's it's awesome dude i i just i feel really really happy that i could show myself that i could uh get back to this point and 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 get to where i needed to be because it was something had to give so yeah it was it was good to get there and and yeah i'm someone that definitely needs structure that's the biggest thing that i've learned throughout the last six months especially is like as long as i'm structured as long as i like calendar in my days and my weeks and all that kind of stuff and i know what's going on i can keep myself on track and that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of the most important to the most important tool for me at least how i am successful in my life yeah exactly and like to that point too like i was kind of floating not really i was doing warehouse jobs doing fucking working at a startups all this stuff like doing bit jobs as a game designer for a bit you know met greg at um at one of our startups that we worked at um but man i didn't know what i had i had a low point too right yeah and it nearly tore my relationship apart. It fucking did a lot of things. And, you know, but once I got that stable job again, I was able to address things and be like, okay, I'm taking this seriously and I'm doing that. I'm moving forward with this. And that was, I think the, the key indicator for me is that I knew like if I had a paycheck coming in and I was able to pay for a roof over my head, all this stuff, like I'm good. Yeah. And that's, not the end all be all you still got to have like you know make sure your mental state's good and all that but that gives you a base like a framework to build that fucking house that is peter or that is ty right like you got to have a good foundation it gives yeah like you said that's the perfect way to say it having that steady paycheck job that is you know maybe it's a little bit stressful but it's not going to overtax you necessarily mm-hmm. um you know some weeks are better than others and all that kind of stuff but it gives you that like okay here's my foundation now i can work on my head now i can work on whatever else i need to my relationships my everything else until you kind of get everything back into alignment because fuck it takes a long time to do that <laughs> yeah takes, and even people don't i feel a lot of people don't realize it's happening to them while it's happening to them like they don't and once you get into that spiral it's so hard to get out of you just you know you're you're digging and you're digging and you're digging and you just you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper and you're going like i just something's got to give something's got to fucking happen here and yeah and yeah having that uh that base knowledge to, to bounce off of or that base anything just just to know you're safe i think maybe that's it it's a safety like i'm safe here now i can start building back up again that's exactly it that's exactly it and like I I'm, I'm very thankful that my job isn't very mentally, mentally taxing because, you know, it gives me time to think about other things, you know, like our D and D show, like I'm able to look at stuff like that and uh, 
focus on things. You know, I obviously had to take time out earlier this year to kind of focus on myself, but that was a, a necessary, necessary thing. And I'm happy that I was able to take that time out. I was happy to kind of go back and reevaluate things because needed to obviously. Right. So, um, yeah, just fucking firm bases and strong houses, man. That's it. I don't know. That's, that's like it. a, a, a firm, fucking firm contracting thing. Houses, there. Yeah. That's it. Put it on a fucking I shirt. I love it. There we go. Um, so, all right, couple couple questions. Because I obviously you seem to be a bit of a um, a movie lover like myself. And mm-hmm. uh, what is your favorite character of all time? Who is your favorite character? I want. I want. I I need. I need to know. Uh, oh fuck oh man <laughs> this is gonna be Just like push you on the spot <laughs> okay because like the moment you asked me that i'm just yeah. thinking of one person and then that's it's, it <laughs> it's not even <sighs> okay this is gonna be a weird poll but like for some reason it was so influential for me to be like i don't know like okay so spinal tap you've seen this is spinal tap right yeah yeah of course okay Paul Shears in that movie. Yeah. He plays Artie Fufkin from Palmer Records. And the way he fucking talks in that, okay? Like, I think that opened my eyes to being just more than just no, being being a weird fucking person if you have to be. And, like, the way he comes in and he's like, oh, hi. Oh, hey. Uh, Artie Fufkin, Palmer Records. Introduces himself to everyone as Artie Fufkin, Palmer Records in the room. Then goes, then looks up, sees the camera and goes, oh what's all this then <laughs> and like then he's like start, starts talking about how he wants to be punished and like punish me and stuff i don't know like Artie fucking from palmer records it's fucking wild That's um amazing yeah but then you like jack black is a big 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 person I, I love jack black to begin with like jack black in orange county like when he's playing that fucking like waster brother yeah i don't know i don't know man what about you oh man i i don't know if i like there's so many uh but like vinnie vega from pulp fiction is probably oh, my yeah. favorite like character performances i just like the jackrabbit slim scene the, like john travolta's dancing and stuff like it's just it's such an iconic role i think it's badass uh i think that um uh the other one that came to mind was the detective in boondock saints um Oh, Willem Dafoe's character? Willem Dafoe's character. It's just a brilliant fucking character. Like, it's it's so... To pull that off, you know, only I think only Willem Dafoe could almost, like, pull that off. It was, it was yeah. such a cool, interesting, you know, choice that he made with that. You give off a Vega vibe, you know, in a good uh, way. Yeah. In a good way. Like, <laughs> and I, I... Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Like, um... I, I, I don't know. I've never been able to be like, okay, that person has taken, I like, I love the way they act. And they're so fucking cool. Like I take it from so many things, right? Like um, specifically when it comes to like work and I'm dealing with difficult situations, I always think about Thomas Shelby from fucking Peaky Blinders. I'm like, oh, he yeah. is a man who doesn't show the person he's pissed off, even yeah. though he's fucking fuming. Right. Yeah. But like the way uh, Killian Murphy does the acting and something it's amazing. fucking it's fucking fantastic He's phenomenal yeah um i don't know like i i always try and like this is a weird thing i don't know tell me if you do this i try and look for myself in movies in, in regards to like that person like oh you know what i'd be that person in that movie yeah. so I, i'm never the main character 
I'm never the main character. I'm always like, if you look at fucking uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, you got Jack Sparrow, right? Mm-hmm. I'm Tubbs. I'm the guy who's beside him, right? <laughs> like, I'm the like, oh, yeah, yeah, be going with Jack. You know, it's a mean, meaning of leverage. Like, <laughs> like that's who I think I am. And I don't know, like, you know, if I'm going to be in the Batman universe, it might be right. might be Alfred, might be like Michael Caine's Alfred, like going like, I'm sorry, Master Bruce, I was supposed to protect you. Like that, I feel like sometimes the protector in a way, right. and it's weird. Um, but you, you think of yourself as a support you're a, you know a supporting role like a right hand like that uh, yeah you know, yeah a, a hold up uh, you know you hold up the the main guy i guess yeah, it, yeah. nothing wrong with that either man you i don't know do you do that guys. do you like ever like like yourself like that's me when i used to when i was acting uh i used to do that more or at least be like how would i because I, I did I really do love acting or loved acting like how would I portray that role if I was gonna do it like how how would I do it in my way, um, but yeah like there's times where I you know I, I see a character and I'm like fuck I want I'd love to play that character like I just that'd be that'd be such a badass role to play oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah I love like I love when I get to have like I get to chew the scene let's just say when in D and D when I get to play a villain that's just like so smarmy and like he loves to be bad and he loves to let people know that he's bad. And he's just like, you know, even like yeah. the, the theatrical like hand movements and stuff like that. Like we haven't really ran into something like that. Right. Um, but like in other campaigns, I love doing that. Um, I would love to play a bad guy once. I think if I ever was in an acting movie, I think maybe playing a bad guy or like a fucking henchman of a bad guy, <sighs> like I flip flop. Cause I'd love to do like a comedic role. But I also would love to do like a heavy fucking serious role, like super something dramatic and like out of left field. And I find that's what a lot of comedians do, right? I'm not a comedian, but a lot of right. like Rob Williams, fucking Will Ferrell, yeah, uh, yeah. Jim Carrey, they all go into these different modes. And it's like it's either one or the other, not in the middle. Yeah, I, I found it was weird when I was playing characters. Uh, I, I started out as like I was the I was the lead in a lot of things. And then uh i gradually ended up moving into the bad guy roles like really i i I, and i don't really know how this happened but but yeah like uh, i had a couple uh, a few of the parts that i was cast i was like the bully character or like the the douchebag but then again i mean if, if you look looking like this either you were the asshole or the lead generally so um that's probably why but uh i still had fun with them you know it's it's fun because i'm definitely not i don't think i'm a mean person so trying to get into that headspace was was always a bit of a, a challenge but it was fun. yeah yeah oh fuck sorry you just made me realize there is one character that i have always been closely related to mm-hmm. um and it's an animated character i gotta so have you seen the movie onward i Okay, I've seen the first like twenty minutes and I passed out. <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right. Yeah. So you know that he has an older brother who mm-hmm. is into Dungeons and Dragons and yes. literally is just like that's his thing, and he's also yeah. like the protector of the brother. Right. I was in the theater seeing that movie with my wife, and I was wearing a denim jacket with all these fucking buttons of D and D on it. Yeah. I was wearing my death save shirt. And I think I, w- I even had like my Dungeons and Dragons hat on. And l- she looks over at me and goes, that's fucking you. That's fucking you right there. You know that, right? 
and i'm like fuck sakes like holy shit <laughs> and it's it's so true like sorry that made me just think about you that you like, belonged man you belong yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got one <laughs> i was like damn so i'm like this this elf D D guy like they're like they're, their version of D D is that like it actually happened in history right so they play D and D like honoring their elders. I'm like, fuck, it's yeah. not D and D, whatever they fucking call it. But it, it, it it's uh, it's fucking wild. <laughs> what what like, you know? I don't think there's a a better suiting movie. Like that's that's great. That's I think yeah. that's a badass one for you. It's I mean, it's a real on the head. I'm I'm the oldest of three. I have a right. brother and a sister. But like that movie is very much about two brothers going on an adventure and their their father had passed away years ago before the even young kid could even meet him and um you know he kind of they kind of go on this adventure to bring him back for this magic spell it's it's a, it's something really cool i actually really like and you know with my with my my father passing away this year like the movie fucking struck a huge chord for me right. and it's funny how like in a way you're like you, you watch this and you're like fuck that's like that's like art imitating life in a way and you're like yeah. you you pick it out yourself but uh yeah it, it, i i've grown fonder of that movie yeah well it, it hit home and it resonated right and of course and, uh, i think that's you know connection to any art is is what we all mm-hmm. are looking for and and uh you know guys like us i find that i can find connection in a lot of places but when it hits it really hits and you get like you know it's just that that fucking feeling man oh yeah that that tingling everywhere (laughs) yeah you get that like i don't yeah you must get it too like when something really epic happens you get those like or epic or sad you get those like goosebumps i you know sometimes not fucking not a not afraid to say that i get emotional i of course i get emotional you're like that that scene like destroyed me yeah absolutely destroyed me bro i watched the greatest showman and bawled my eyes out and I'm not, like I said, I'm not a musical theater person. The Greatest Showman, a few of the numbers in that just had me done. I was, I was, was, I wasn't coming back from it. You know, at that point, it was a couple years ago. I had had a couple drinks, and it was like, nah, the waterworks were. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was all over the place. It was happening. Have you seen that movie? Uh, I have not. Um, okay. I yeah, heard the soundtrack because my wife plays oh, okay. it all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I can rewrite the fucking stars, bro. Um, but I'm trying to think of a movie that definitely gets me emotional. Um, as cheesy as it sounds, it's when Gandalf falls and the music play, it's the music. Okay. Yeah. And I had, I looked to my wife and I said, like, when I die, you're putting that, when I get lowered into a casket or whatever, I want that music fucking playing because there's not going to be a dry eye in the house. No, but there, there are some movies that like, okay, the movie, um, jack with robin williams mm-hmm. and have you seen that movie it's been a long time but, but you know the premise it. right like yeah. he yeah. he ages rapidly right. so i don't know why but i remember watching that movie and as a kid going upstairs and being so fucking upset and just start crying because i'm thinking that this guy just graduated college uh or high school sorry and he's going to college but he looks like a really old man and he's gonna die soon yeah. and i'm like thinking like he hasn't lived his full life out like and yeah. I, I got like super emotional, but I always like, I, I don't know. Mo- movies are great for that. Like if you do a good movie and you make me think like about their life outside of the movie, after the movie ends, you're like, you've done your job. You've done your job. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's a great segue. So since you are such a music fan, um, what is the one song that 
it's not your favorite song, but it is the most emotionally impacting to you. So like what song just well, like just either sad, happy, um, uh, joyful, like I got two, I got two, two polar opposites. Okay. So there is a song I fucking hate. And I mean, I'll, let me get you the artist name first because I'm going to, I'm going to fuck it up. Uh, okay. It's a Canadian song and I'm so sorry to everyone. I remember working in a warehouse and I'm realizing I fucking hate this song and it's patio lanterns by Kim Mitchell. <laughs> okay. I think Kim Mitchell, I, I read an article, Kim Mitchell even hates that song now. Well, so thank you God might be he safe. has a fucking sense, <laughs> all right? Because you hear like the, those patio, I have never yeah. felt the rage boil up in my body to the point where I'm like, yeah. fucking turn it off. But uh, random side note, my wife needed uh, needed a job. So she started working in the warehouse and repairs with me and she would turn it the fuck up. And everyone knew just I would get angry yeah. just to get, just to annoy the shit out of me. Um there is more recently a a song that just like absolutely just reduces me to tears um it's there's two of them sorry there's um i don't know if you know the band deer tick uh no i haven't heard of them. so or, they sorry, were all, heard of them but i haven't heard them so they were in sons of there's a song in sons of anarchy and i caught this song and it's it's uh, goodbye dear friend and i think it's goodbye to your friend something like that but it's just you know talking about passing and saying goodbye to someone like that song reduces me to absolute tears and um there's one song called people get ready by seal and it's my dad's was my dad's like favorite song and he loves seal and like that song will reduce me to any sort of blubbering mess and Mm -hmm. Like I have my emotion go-to songs. If I know I need to feel this yeah. emotion, I'll go to it. Like there's a song from the League of Legends soundtrack called Brom, and it's for a character named Brom who's from the North, and it's very much just like yeah, like just like it, just like we're in the North and we're going on yeah. some fucking adventure. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good song to start off if I'm writing an adventure to bring it back to D and D. If I'm starting off writing an adventure, I listened to that a lot when you got when I started writing for the first session for you guys because it's a great like let's get into this this session uh goodbye my tinies by um steve jablonski from the your highness soundtrack is another great one uh the list goes on man the list goes on what about you oh man so uh this is a question i ask most of my guests so um I'll, i'll be short for for the listener's sake but more than a feeling by boston is my all time favorite it's that song that just like comforts everything for me i have the i have the record here i'll if i had a stressful day i'll put on that whole boss that first boston record and like oh yeah fucking just sail away in my brain and, and it's and it's amazing um yeah that's 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 the big one for me there are so many other songs i could i could pick out though like yeah yeah um falling slowly from the once soundtrack um was really meaningful to me uh yeah there's just there's just so so many but uh but yeah more than a feeling that's that's the one that's awesome that's 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 awesome but anyway man thank you so much for joining me that was a lot of fun it was really great getting to to really know you more because i we knew each other from D &D, and uh you know we see each other every two weeks and we talk uh online often in groups but it's mostly about D, &D, and so this was really cool like actually yeah like i only know 
I only know Ty, the fucking half orc, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't get to know. Uh, sorry, Borok Grimsky, the half orc, <laughs> and you get to see me as multitude Real, uh... of different fucking characters. <laughs> so, yeah, like it's fantastic to actually sit down and just have a fucking conversation about music. Like, I mean, I knew you were a musician, and I was happy to actually sit down and talk music with you. I know we didn't talk yeah. a lot about D and D, so I apologize. But music is something that I fucking like. It's it's a big passion for me, and it's something that you know. I'm, it's always in my roots. I don't play as much anymore, but it's something I love. I still That's love to song, this day. Man. Yeah, exactly, man. Awesome, buddy. Well, I really appreciate you uh, coming to hang out. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on Sunday for our next episode of Dungeons, <laughs> Dragons, and Dice. <laughs> out of bounds. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. That's the podcast. I appreciate you listening today. If you could please do me one more favor, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and write me a review or subscribe to the podcast there. It is so much appreciated and it helps me out tremendously. You can also check out all of my socials at Ty Wilson Music. That's Insta, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you'd like. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Ty Wilson Talks.